Hello everyone, you're listening to Game Rivals, a podcast where a Nintendo fan and a PlayStation fan talk about the latest games and happenings in the gaming community and industry. I'm one of your hosts, Maximilian X, and together with Sean Templar, we bring you this bi-weekly podcast about video games. Alrighty, welcome back everybody to a new episode of The Game Rivals. I'm one of your hosts, John Templer, and I'm together with my other host, Maximilian X. How's it going, folks? I'll answer the question for them, I guess. I'll say, hey, we're good. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm good, um, all things considering. Uh, we, uh, we here in the Netherlands are fine and dandy, except for the Lots and lots of rain after the blazing heat. That's fun. Did you see that there was a tornado last Friday in Amsterdam? No. I, what? I, did you not? I, a friend of mine said, Hey, uh, did you see the tornado in uh, Amsterdam? I'm like, no. And then I looked it up on some news site. And there was this mini tornado raging through Amsterdam. Uh, I think it's around the water or something like around the no. river or something. I was completely flabbergasted. I'm like... Okay, the people that say that global warming is not happening, well, they need to pull their heads out of some place because it's happening, folks. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, the the, the only thing I heard from um from 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 people like this past week was like, "Hey, so there's a lot of thunderstorms going on." I'm like, "What thunderstorms? Like, yeah, there's a lot of rain, but there ain't no thunderstorms." Like. Oh, there were thunderstorms loud enough to wake the dead. And like, uh, not where I live, buddy. Yeah, I didn't hear uh, them as well. So I was fortunate yeah. enough. Uh, but today I was in Amsterdam as well, you know, visiting uh, the folks. And like half the sky was clear, half the sky was moody. And all of a sudden I was just hearing thunderstrikes. And my dad was going, did you hear that? I'm like, Yeah but i don't see any what is going on here why is there thunder strikes in amsterdam like i don't get this stuff where i live so <laughs> you get power yeah. outages and stuff like that <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah but luckily like even with like the hottest days of the week i didn't experience any power outages so kudos Woo. um yeah um, I know you have a lot of news queued up for us, so uh, maybe we should start off with the news. Yes, let's start off with the news. Uh, to start off with uh, a little thing that um, happened recently, uh, and this is a weird one, especially for people that don't follow anime. So very quickly, like three, four weeks ago, there was this big fire at an animation studio called Kyoto Animation. This individual, and I'm trying to stay very nice here, this individual took it upon himself to torch this animation studio out of whatever misguided ideas that he had, and 35 people lost their lives to it. Now, this past week, someone tried to do the same thing at a Square Enix studio where he tried to, I know that I had read in an article somewhere, but I don't have that specific article here. The reason why he wanted to torch a Square Enix studio is because he couldn't get a refund. And he was apparently joking about going to Square Enix 
and setting them ablaze and doing the whole thing that they did to Kyoani. Some people take that too serious. I'll take their refunds too serious. Or, you know, I think if he could have pulled it off, he would have pulled it. Well, luckily, the people at work that heard, overheard him talking about that actually notified the, the police because the whole Kyoto animation fire is like fresh in people's minds and a lot of Japanese people, um, you know, actually are very close to that animation studio because it is one of the best animation studios around. So, yeah, logically, they notified the, the, the police and they arrested him. And he tried to play it off as a joke. Uh, there are a lot of words I want to use, but I have to keep it really nicely. So let me just say that there are a lot of <laughs> messed up people walking around in this on this planet. And I think that's also related to another article you're going to bring up later. Yeah. Is that we live in a crazy world and it, it's only getting crazier and crazier. And our beautiful medium, as I should call it, gaming, is, com is coming under scrutiny more and more. And people are using it more and more as a um, scapegoat. scapegoat, which is a bummer because it brings people together. Yeah, a lot of positive influences. Of course, there are some bad side effects, such as kids staying indoors all day and not not getting enough exercise and like literal health issues, maybe. But that's something that needs to be tackled in a different way. But like the beauty of gaming yeah. is, is, is it brings people together. And then if our beautiful medium is used as a scapegoat for all these stupid things happening in the world, yeah, it's going to get difficult, more difficult for gaming to ongoing yeah yeah i mean look at us i mean we're probably two of the most opposite people out there in the gaming community and yet we come together every other week to talk about video games and share the fun and the unexpected nature of video games we we do it and it's really hard to set those differences aside. I think if people were to hear our offline conversations, they would literally <laughs> cry from laughter. But, you know, we, we tolerate each other for these couple of hours that we're spending together. It's like, um, it's yeah. like, uh, um, like we find a Switzerland and then we go to Switzerland and we talk. And then after that, we go to our own separate nations and we just, Keep on doing our own things until it's two weeks again. And then it's like, oh, yeah, I have to grab that flight back to Switzerland because I need to talk to this guy for two hours. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so true. And I'm just glad that at least with this guy, um, he wasn't he able got to pick it off. Exactly. He got picked up on early. He got caught. And that dude be in trouble. I hope so. Yeah. So. <sighs> yeah. Um, Honestly, uh, honestly, game rivals, uh, it's not been an awesome time for video games. Um, I know this is, I'm going to tread as lightly as possible with this next article because, um, again, uh, if you, I'm sure that most of you have heard about the shootings that happened recently in the U.S., in uh, Texas and in Ohio, and um Certain people, I'm not going to mention their names because they do not deserve their names to be mentioned on our podcast, um, started spouting the same scapegoat um, rhetoric about video games being the cause of it. 
not the massive weapons of killing that they used to do that, to kill all those people. No, video games in this case were the reason why this kid and that other kid that they shot dead picked up their guns and went out to kill immigrants or what they feel like is an immigrant invasion. And I just got to say this, as both of us are um, not of, we're not Americans. I mean, you could, if you could or could not tell from our accents, we're not Americans. Um, If you thought that, thanks. It's kind of a compliment. But we aren't. We're Dutch. We're European citizens. We don't have gun. We have we have strict gun laws here. It is not a feast to be able to get a gun here. Like it is a next to impossible task to do. You have to jump through all kinds of hoops, and then if you get your guns, you have to. I can explain because a family member I know has guns, but it's you have to jump through all kinds of hoops. If you get a gun, you have to actively. Um, uh, participate in the sport to put it that way because you have to go to a gun range and then mm-hmm. you have to have an X amount of uh, stamps on your card that you went to the gun range and shot your gun uh, so that's like uh, well, tw- 20 times you have to go 20 times a year something like that there's a number you have to go X amount of times a year and then you have to get a stamp at the, uh, at the, gun, club? At the gun club that you're part of so that they can also see that you're actively participating in the sport as they call it and if you don't do that sport yeah it's called a shooting sport uh, because it's target shooting and then if you don't do that after a while then they might seize your guns and then you also get police officers swinging by your house either once or twice a year just to check that everything you have is registered and that everything is up to code and is stored safely in a safe and that the ammunition is separate from the, the the rifle or the pistol. So there's like all sorts of hoops you have to jump through. And the thing that baffles me is that the one, one of the articles, it mentions that Walmart is removing violent games or games from shelves. Yeah, the signages and just to be sure, also the games. Yeah, yeah. but they still sell guns or ammunition in a walmart both like they still sell all the guns yeah and i get let me put it this way it's easy for us to talk about it because we don't live in the united states we don't experience we don't have the right that they have there and i understand it is a right to own a gun and to protect yourself it's just different in the netherlands or in europe we don't have those rights here and to be frankly i don't think we those rights because we rarely experience crime in such a way because it's hard to get guns here. Kind of like exactly. the same thing in, I believe, in Japan. It's really hard to get guns there. So all the robberies are done with weapons such knives. as knives and, and baseball bats and stuff like that. Yeah, good luck trying to get away with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's I mean, easy yeah, for us I mean, to talk about it, but like, but yeah, it's yeah, that it's games just, are always the scapegoat of. And uh, I don't like... The people that, here's the thing, the people that advocate, that are supposed to advocate for games in the US, the ESA, I don't, like, I've checked everywhere. And maybe I haven't checked everywhere, but I've checked many places and I have yet to see anything coming from the ESA themselves. 
probably because they're dealing with their own utter issue. Um, <laughs> by uh, yeah, um, yeah. So basically, to round it off, guns are bad. Get actual gun laws, like stricter gun regulation, and then we can all have a nice little picnic and play some Fortnite together and maybe some Mario Party together, and I'll be happy. And not every time I have to hear about another mass shooting. Maybe we can play some Battlefield and blow shit up. Sure. I'm not um, playing Fortnite. I'm not playing Mario Party. So we need to include a game that I can play because I'm not going to sit on my ass all day at that picnic and just watch you guys play. Well, you could have said No Man's Sky or something, man. Jeeves. Heck, you could have even said Horizon, man. Dang. Why is Battlefield not... Why am I not allowed to mention Battlefield? Because I can blow shit up and it has guns in it? Did you not just hear me talking about guns? Oh, because in Fortnite they use... Nerf guns, or they use, I don't know, whatever they use. Well, I don't play cartoon, Fortnite anymore. Eh? Well, it's cartoon violence. At least, I don't know, at least Apex Legends then, because I don't think that has blood, does it? I think it has. Uh, I don't know. I've, uh, been, I've stopped playing Apex. Anyways, your ESA. Yeah, sorry. ESA. Supposed to be able to pick up the mantle for stuff like this. Heck, even the retired Reggie fils may actually tried to defend video, tried to defend video games in this case. The dude's retired from the industry. But the ESA is too busy trying to cover their butts because someone at the ESA thought it would be great to just leave out everybody's information from e this past E3 for anybody to grab from their website. Oops. Oopsie. Yeah. And apparently it's on a it's on a uh, the information about all these journalists and influencers and uh, uh, trade partners are like start on this specific website for E3 for you know journalists and influencers and stuff like that so they can easily um uh, contact you know people from the industry that are there so that they can set up meetings and stuff like that normally this website would have been protected by by security measures like an account and passcode password system it did not have this you could just Go onto the website, click on what you wanted to download, and just download it. I mean, it's not up anymore, obviously, um, because they found out about it after the whistle was blown, of course. And uh, yeah, so about 2,000 people got accidentally doxxed. In these cases, it's uh, a bummer that they don't have GDPR in uh, in the states, because then uh, the ESA would have learned the hard way that they need so to get here's their stuff the, protected. Yeah, so here's the funny thing I actually learned about this week, uh, this past week, about that as well. So they don't have the GDPR there, but they're still, but they could still be um, adherent to GDPR rules because. Vendors and and journalists and influencers from Europe could still essentially report the ESA to the European Union, and they could still get fined for this. Oh, that'd be so funny. So I don't know if that's gonna happen, and I don't know if people are aware that they can do that. But if it does, and they do, oh boy, that's gonna be a big problem for the ESA. Happy days. So, um, 
I think do you remember the the the, the fine that the like the maximum amount of fine it's fine that they can get? Four percent of your yearly revenue, which they don't have because they are. I think they're essentially a nonprofit. Or it's twenty million, whichever is higher. Oof. Because I know that British yeah, Airways, for example, had a similar issue with that customer data was leaked out it was all over mm. the news, and they have to pay the. F- I think yeah, they have to pay either one of the two, but I think their yearly revenue is higher than four than the twenty million, so they probably mm. have to go for the four percent. Yep, and oh, I think sucks. Google had a similar. Really? Well, I can't remember for sure if it's there. Google or not, but I think. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness! Hey, yeah. I'm still hoping that if I get Stadia, my account information is secure because I'm gonna use two-step verification. Oh yeah! Oh, I, I think I already have. Talking about Stadia, and yeah. I don't know if it's true. Maybe you can answer this because I tried to look it up, mm. but it's I couldn't find it anywhere. Sure. But if it <laughs> if it's true, then it's another nail in Stadia's coffin. A friend of mine told me that I talked to him and said, hey, I'm, I'm looking forward to Stadia because I want to get a grasp for technology. I want to see if it's viable or not, if it works, and I want to be able to see if I can play, play Battlefield on the go. Hmm. And he said, and I said, I'm not going to pre-order the Stadia Pro because I don't want the controller. I just want one month to check it out, and then I'll just turn it off. And he said, well, you can't. You can only get the Stadia Pro pre-order Founders Edition this year. And if you want Stadia, like a regular subscription, you have to wait till next year. And I said, huh? what? There is no messaging around that, that I have to get the Founders Edition to be able to use Stadia at all. And um, he said, yeah, that's what they're basically saying. So I try to look everywhere, but I cannot find anything regarding this because the only thing I found was... Stadia Pro is coming out this year. Stadia Base is coming out next year. Base is free. Pro is a paid subscription. And it's 10 bucks, 15 bucks a month. And if mm. I want to get a head start with getting my online nickname and I want Destiny 2 and I want three months of Stadia Pro and a Chromecast and a controller, then I can get and the your buddy pass and my buddy pass. Then I buy the Founders Edition. That's what mm. I got from it. But if it is true, then it's another nail in the Stadia coffin. No, no, no. So I think he... This is more of the the, the confusing um, messaging be- behind the dang Stadia launch again. <laughs> I can't believe we're talking about this again, and I'm pretty sure we're going to be talking about this again until soon. Stadia comes out. But basically, the way that it works is thusly: you can pre-order um, the Founder's Edition that comes with the controller, the Buddy Pass, the okay. Destiny stuff, which is going to go free to play. So um plus all the content mm-hmm. which is not free um uh okay. the chromecast and i think the controller yeah. yeah and you get to pick your online nickname first oh yeah Whoop-de-dee. yeah you can yeah you can pick your screen name uh or uh, early you get you get dibs on your screen name. <laughs> but when it launches it only launches the pro package oh, yeah that I so know. meaning that if you want to play on google stadia you can only do that with the pro you can't do the base one the basic one just yet that comes out in i think february of next year yeah, or yeah. early next yeah, year it's early next year and that's for free and it's 1080p whereas the yeah. pro is 4k 60 fps up, up to 4k yeah yeah 
And so, uh, in the Netherlands, it probably will be because I checked my internet connection and I'll probably be able to get that 4K 60 FPS HDR yeah, experience. Exactly. But the only, I think the only thing that we did not discuss was the fact that when it launches this fall, yes. if you want to play it on your TV, you are required to have the Stadia controller because it is yeah. not, at that time, yeah. it is not compatible yet with the normal um, controllers. With like any normal Bluetooth yeah, controller. And it needs to be through a Chromecast. Yeah, and you need. Well, not just any Chromecast. You Chromecast need the Chromecast Ultra. Ultra. Yeah. It, that, that one is a requirement for the TV yeah. as well. I think I'm just going to do it on my PC. And maybe, yeah, same here. I, I don't know if there's going to be... I know that they mentioned that it'll be on mobile devices, so they mentioned the Pixel phones. Yeah. Well, I don't have... Well, it launches on Pixel phones, and I hope other devices will come later. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming it'll probably all launch by the time Basic comes out. Probably. Because that makes more sense. Yeah. Um, because then you then you essentially cast a wider net. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah there was a stadium, quote man. from one of the there was an AMA with one of the community managers, something like that, on Reddit with from Stadia, and yeah, they talked asking, about it a while ago. Yeah, people yeah. kept asking like, "What is it? What is it?" And he he basically said, "You have to see Stadia as an Xbox Live or a PlayStation Plus, which it is not. Which it is." At least that's not, not even, what you want it to be. Well, it's well, it's even, basically rent your own super high end PC and don't forget to buy the games with it. I don't. You know what? There's a stadium they're gonna have next week. We'll have to watch yeah, that we'll, and hopefully we'll, we'll watch more. that and see because yeah. if otherwise I'm gonna go into on to, on to a tangent of all other things and we'll be here all night. Um, Yay. <laughs> I know you don't look forward to that. Um, yeah. Um, wanna 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 hit us up with the last uh, article? Um. Uh, oh yeah, the loot boxes thing. Mm-hmm. Can I just do one thing quickly before the loot boxes thing? Because otherwise, sure. I don't want to squeeze in. They yeah. did a multiplayer reveal around Modern Warfare, mm-hmm. and I've always preferred Battlefield over Call of Duty. I played. Call of Duty till Modern Warfare 2, and then I just stopped playing it because I just couldn't handle it anymore. And in between, I tried to play it, but I never kind of got into it. But I'm actually excited for Call of Duty this year. It's going back to the Modern Warfare. They showed some multiplayer stuff. They're doing a lot of cool stuff. They're doing cross-play from the start. They're doing 100. They're speculating around that they're doing game modes. Complete cross-play, or do you mean cross-play minus PlayStation. No, 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 no. We're not going to do this. They're doing complete crossplay. Um, right. And uh, yeah, there's game modes in there of 100 players, and it's not a Battle Royale mode. It's kind of like a, what they're hinting at is a, a conquest mode, kind of like Battlefield. So they're trying to capture more of the Battlefield essence because there's also vehicles in there this time you can use and drive. So it's trying to capture a bit of a mature audience. Um, do, you, do you battle in like squads? Um, I don't know. There's not there's not really something known about that because how it's traditionally been is that you had these teams and you were just part of the team and that's it. Yeah. And I don't know how bad, how Call of Duty is gonna do this, but it sounds interesting and the multiplayer reveal really looked nice. You can customize your classes while you're in the game instead of having to leave the game. You can customize your weapons with all sorts of attachments and it's not limited to two attachments but to five. 
and all the attachments have pros and cons. So you can get uh, a longer barrel, which will give you more range, but it'll be more recoil, for example, or you can get uh, uh, a suppressor on it and you'll dampen the sound, but you'll lose range. So a lot of these attachments have pros and cons in it. And they've revamped the whole engine. So it's a completely new engine. It's not like an upgraded engine. It's a completely new engine. It really looks nice. And it, mm -hmm. it sounds nice. It just, I was completely amazed. I was, I was surprised. I, I kind of hope that there's going to be a Battlefield 6 next year, which is basically going to be like Battlefield 3, which was the best Battlefield ever. Mm -hmm. And then I'll be happy. I'll, I'll talk about it every episode until it comes out. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Please, no. Yeah. <laughs> we'll call it Battlefield Rivals instead of Game Rivals. Oh, no. But sw switching to the last article... Yeah. Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo came together and they made agreements around loot boxes. And they committed to being more transparent around it and saying, okay, you're going to buy loot boxes. We are going to make sure that you can see. The, and let me, if, correct me if I'm wrong, we're going to give you the odds of what might come out of those loot boxes. So there's so many chance percent that you may yeah. get XYZ, so much percent chance that you might get that really cool skin you want in Fortnite. And there are yeah. other publishers and developers which are starting to join this initiative. Well, it's basically the same thing that they do for for smartphone games. Yeah. Like any smartphone game that has a loot box system or a gotcha system has the percentage listed out. I mean, even the even the 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 the, the, the Nintendo games on smartphones that have I didn't know that by loot the way. box styles have the percentages on there. So, for example, Fire Emblem Heroes has that. You see the percentages on that. Right. Um, yeah. um, I think uh, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp does the same thing. Um, and the Dr. Mario game that came out for smartphones does the same thing as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's a good thing that they're going to do that because um, for the longest time, but it is, it is, it is a crap shoot when you do it on, on console. At least knowing your odds even if the odds are tiny is at least something um we know all know what happened to star wars battlefront with the loot boxes oof. yeah but yeah, yeah the, the those games are still banned in the netherlands and yeah, because it's in some countries it's seen as a form of gambling yeah in our countries it's seen yeah. as a form of gambling yeah and i think Belgium which actually well. which actually is amazing um well no because the state no. owns a, the state partially owns a casino <laughs> Well, does it? Is Holland Casino not partly owned by the state? I don't know. Let me just quickly look that up. I have to check that. But unfortunately, um, it recently came out that two of Nintendo's smartphone games are going to be blocked in the Netherlands and Belgium soon. Like, I think by the end of this month, um, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp and um, Fire Emblem Heroes are going to go bye-bye. Which really sucks because I actually really enjoy Fire Emblem Heroes from time to time. It's a, um, I, By the way, to answer the question, it's partially owned by the state or involved? Because it says here that it is a state... Um, partially owned by the state it says that the secretary of finance acts as a shareholder to long casino what 
it says that here. That isn't that a conflict of interest? Oh, oh, that is so weird. Yeah. Otherwise, they wouldn't call it Old Casino. I think. I mean, I guess. I mean, you can call stuff Holland, whatever you know. I mean, it's just a name, but wow. Okay, did not see that coming. Yeah, weird. Um. So yeah. Um. That is unfortunate for those games, but at least on consoles, we'll now get to see the percentage. So if you're playing, for example, Overwatch on your PlayStation Four or Xbox One, um. Whenever they start implementing these stuffs on consoles and on PCs, you'll now be able to see what the odds are of getting a certain skin or a sticker or whatever the, the game that you're playing is offering. I, I'm just going to say this out loud. I hate loot boxes and microtransactions. It just literally destroys a game in some instances. I'm yeah, fine yeah. by paying, for example, on mobile devices, I'm fine by paying money for a game. Um, but I don't want the game to be kind of blocked off by all these paywalls and then forcing me to buy diamonds or hearts or dirts or whatever. Just <laughs> have me pay for the game and then whatever. And the same goes on console. I mean, yeah. Um, I know, for example, and I don't know if it's in Battlefield 5 anymore or if it's in there or not, but there are in previous Battlefield games, you could buy these kits and then it, will, it would unlock all the weapons in all the class, in specific classes for you which would give you a head start on all the weapons. Um, Or in Battlefield 5, you have something called Battlefield Coin or something like that. And then you can buy certain outfits, but you can only get them if you buy it with real-world currency. So you can't Mm. earn enough in-game currency to unlock those skins. And they're really cool skins, but you really have to pay for them. I just, you know, I understand that developers or or publishers are in the money-making business. But sometimes you just destroy a game with these practices. Just, you know, I'd rather have a season pass and opt into that than into these microtransactions. And I get it. I mean, it was a report that Fortnite made, what, $3.6 billion on uh, Epic mm-hmm. made $3.6 billion on Fortnite, which with I With a B. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I get that. And that's super lucrative. But you're one example how it can go. It doesn't mean that we have to force this down everybody's throats and destroy all those games. Well, everybody wants that sweet, sweet Fortnite cash. Which is actually kind of funny, considering that for whatever reason, Minecraft started picking up again. Yeah, I saw that. PewDiePie started playing Minecraft again, and it started to uh, pop up everywhere again. It even beat Fortnite on YouTube with most search Mm -hmm. things. Yeah. Yeah, that's so crazy. Yeah. And speaking of Fortnite, the king of Fortnite, Ninja. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he moved to Mixer. Yeah. And did you read what they did yesterday? Oh, yeah. Oh, that was so weird. No, no, I did not read it. I actually, because a bunch of people actually liked his tweet. So it was in my Twitter feed. And I saw the video and I was like, wow, Twitch, um, kind of the jaded lover in this case. Mm Yeah. So, uh, for those of you who don't, don't know, Ninja, very popular Fortnite uh, streamer, used to be on Twitch, is now exclusively on Microsoft's platform Mixer. Still can't believe that they did that. Okay. Um, well, not the fact that they got Ninja. I can't believe that either, but the fact that Mixer Microsoft bought Ninja, yeah. Mixer, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, after the move, his channel was just sitting there on Twitch, and Twitch took it upon themselves to promote other Twitch streamers on his channel. Or was it other Twitch streamers, or was it other streams, like other content? Because Other Twitch streamers. But how did this specific content end up? Because then Twitch should have banned that streamer, right? Well, no, they, Twitch, hosted stuff on his channel. Yeah. Like other, like other streamers' content, they hosted it on his channel without his knowledge. Yeah, but let, let me put it this way. What happened is they streamed pornographic content on his channel. Wait, what? Didn't you know that? Oh, I did not know that. They, yeah, that's what the whole issue is starting about, is that they streamed pornographic content on his channel on Twitch... And then he was mad about it. Of course, he's mad about it. And he posted a video oh, yeah. on the, of that on Twitter. And then Twitch said, oh, we don't know how it happened. And we're experimenting with new kinds of streams and stuff like that. So that's why I'm confused. Because in the article I read, it said that they were just streaming all sorts of content to his channel or from his channel, including pornographic content. Okay, but because see, if it was a stream, he doesn't he have been because banned. he doesn't mention that in his video. That's the thing. Oh, in the article, he doesn't mention that was, in his video. It was that. He was really disappointed yeah. that uh, Twitch uh, dealt, uh, dealt with him in such a way. Yeah, because in his video, he's, he was more upset of the fact that Twitch was promoting other YouTube, stream, YouTube streams and streamers on his channel. Mm. So now he's in the process of, you know, taking down his channel on Twitch so that they can't do this anymore. He was like, you know what? I've been streaming on that platform for eight years and they did me good. Mm -hmm. But now for him, he felt like it was time to move on. That's why he took the deal with Mixer. Yeah. He already had like a million subscribers on Mixer in a few days. True. But when he launched his channel on Mixer for the first week, couple of weeks or first week or so, you could subscribe to his channel for free. Oh, do you have to pay now to subscribe to his channel? Well, it's like a subs getting a subscription on Twitch. Uh, so not followers. He doesn't have a million followers. He, have, he has a million paid, in quote subscribers. Oh, but those subscribers that. are free for, I think, the next two months. Mm -hmm. So the question is, will they still be paying for the subscription? Will they actually pay for the subscription after that two-month period? That's... The real I didn't know about that question there. Yeah. Oh. So yeah, a lot of things uh, going on with Ninja there, but uh, yeah, I did not know about that. Yeah, I, I did not know about morning. the inappropriate really content. I'm like, oh, okay, I can't imagine why he would get that. Mad. That yeah, now I get why he was extra salty in that video because I thought it was kind of weird if it like just was promoting other um, streamers their content, but if there was inappropriate stuff on there you okay yeah oh well all right that's yeah. it right wow oh, that's kind of a bummer to end on this uh news but then again i'm not sure hey that's the news i mean kind of we don't have a positive note to end on or yeah, i mean yeah. yeah true yeah if you want to put but, on a positive note the new switch that got released is really 
good on battery life. Yay! Yeah, yeah, it got released way earlier than I thought it would. Yeah, it's already out. They changed all. They also yeah. changed the box and stuff. I saw a video coming up around them. Like, okay, that looks I like nice. the new box. The new box is nice. I'm. I don't know why, but I'm actually considering buying a Switch. And I'm like, why should I want to buy a Switch? It almost feels like this impulse buy I need to do. And then I, I know myself, I'll buy it and then I won't use it. <laughs> and then you'll sell it again. And then I'll sell it again. So it was mine is not. Yeah, I'm just. <laughs> ah. Anyways, that's news. Stick yeah. around. We'll be back with what we've been playing. It'll be more joyful. Yeah. I hope. Yep. <laughs> And we're back with what we've been playing. So, Sean Templar, what have you been playing? And please let it be a little bit more fun. <laughs> Actually, a sad story, but um, uh, I've been deep in warranty claims on all sorts of stuff. Oh, no. Yeah. My, uh, my new graphics card broke down. I bought a new graphics card for my computer. <laughs> it broke down. I'm waiting for a replacement for that one. Um, one of the fans in my computer broke down, so I got a replacement for that. <laughs> uh, my OLED TV broke down because I had a dead pixel, and I reached out to the store. I bought it through, and they were like, yeah, it's a wooden spec, so uh, it's not covered by warranty. So, yeah, maybe you should call LG, but we're not going to do anything. I was really mad, so I called LG, and I said, hey, man. I got a dead pixel, and then when I'm on the couch, sitting four meters away from it, I can see it clearly. So that's not normal. And they said, hey, man, you've got two years of warranty. We're going to take care of you. So they ordered a new panel the same week, mm -hmm. and then they came by in the same week at the end of the week, and they just replaced the whole panel, and it took like 30 to 45 minutes, and bam, oh. it was fixed. That was amazing. So a wow. shout-out to LG for delivering amazing products and amazing service. Nice, A plus. I was completely flabbergasted. I was so amazed by it. I'm, I'm... Wait, so they actually fixed the TV? Yeah, in my house. They came by wow. and they replaced the panel, and within thirty to forty-five minutes, it was just fixed. It was so cool. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Okay. See, that's Did not expect that. That's how manufacturers should be, you know, just help out. Yeah, definitely. But anyways, around the games that I've been playing, mm -hmm. I have completed my first. Total War Three Kingdoms campaign. And after 60 hours, I have dominated whole China. I have taken over every, every possible village or farm or, or mine or whatever you want to call it in China. And then the hugest anticlimactic thing happened when I took over all of China. You died. I wanted to end my turn. So I pressed the end turn button. The game crashed and kicked me back to my desktop. No. And at that moment, I was like, F it. I'm not playing this game. I can't take it. It was two in the night. And that was so anticlimactic for me. Like, I can't handle this right now. I'm just going to go to bed because I'm just so heartbroken. <laughs> yeah. Like, doesn't it auto save? I honestly don't know because after that I didn't touch the game anymore. <laughs> I was I was heartbroken. Almost felt like, you know, you're, you're raising this little, you're, you've planted a seed and you're trying to raise this plant or tree, and then halfway through, after sixty hours of a lot of time and effort and blood, sweat and tears, it just says, 
and it just dies on the spot. And I'm like, no, but I, I cared for you. I gave you water and sunlight and, you know, how you leaving me. Anyways, that was that. And um, yeah, that's a huge bummer. Oh, that is a bummer. Yeah, they did add a new mode, which is cool. It's called the Dynasty mode. And it's, it's basically a horde mode. And you hmm. can either play it in single player where you choose three heroes and they all have different attributes and areas of uh, strength and weakness. So they all have to be advised to pick play, uh, heroes that complement each other. And then you can um, choose how many soldiers you want per battalion. And then it's basically a horde mode. Your generals are stronger, the enemies are weaker, and then you just have to slash through hundreds, if not thousands of soldiers, and you just have to survive as many waves as you can. Which is really cool, because there's an upgrade system in there, and you can upgrade the skills of your characters, and it's only your three generals against thousands. So it starts out with small battalions, and it gets more, and then eventually heroes get added, and you have to fight those heroes. And if you play multiplayer, everybody picks a hero, and then you have to work together to survive as long as you can. That sounds like Dynasty Warriors. Maybe. I it's like literally it. just freaking Dynasty Warriors. I like it. It's really fun. Yeah, I really like it because the then enemy maybe you should try Dynasty Warriors. I love Dynasty Warriors. People, I've, I've oh, wait, we Dynasty actually War- talked about it in the Hidden Gems, right? Yeah, I love Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> I just played Dynasty Warriors 9. I bought that a while back, but I love Dynasty Warriors. But, you know, the enemies are, are they only require like a, a, a blow of wind and they already die. So you're, yeah. there are moments that your character just swings his his sword or his axe or his spear and then like 20 soldiers die like ah you see 20 people fall (laughs) it's really funny to see um there is new dlc that came out called eight princes i haven't bought that one yet because my gp but that's one of the first things i want to try out and i besides total war i played a lot of battlefield yay but i'll leave it at that besides that the new marita map finally came out which is a really fun map I wish I had recorded some gameplay footage because I had these crazy kills that I was just like laughing out loud behind my desk because it was so amazing how I got these kills. I was completely surprised. Mm. Um, So Battlefield, I played, I was supposed to play one round of Formula One against a friend of mine, Call of Marty. And we ended up playing three hours of Formula One and it was Really cool. He was playing with a professional, uh, semi-professional, professional steering wheel, and I was playing with my controller. And the first race we played was the German Germany race, and by all chances, it was in the rain because mm-hmm. a couple of days before the real Germany race had been with rain. So we, I think, by luck of the draw, got the same race with rain, but okay. I kept uh, crashing and flying over the the track. So that was a bummer. And he beat you by five laps. No, he also ended as a five, he ended last, and I was disco- uh, retired from the race because I smashed my car. So deal didn't work out. And then we played some other races on Monza or on the, the Red Bull Ring with different kinds of cars. And, and the fun part around Formula One is that you can also choose different era cars, so you don't have to mm. play specifically with the, the modern cars. You can also pick like the real old cars from the 80s or from the early 2000s. Um, I really love the sound, for example, of the cars from the 20, 2004 era. It just screams instead of um. Uh, <laughs> so it's really nice. Play that. Um, I played some Division 2. New DLC came out for Division 2. 
um, and it's a free update because the vision is doing all free content. So it's the first episode they're bringing out and it revolves around, there's a new area you get to go to with the chopper and then you have multiple missions. There's one mission around trying to capture one of the characters that escapes in the storyline. I won't spoil it. Another mission is, yeah. So this is separate from the, from the, from the season pass, right? Yeah, the season pass only gives you earlier access to certain content, but it doesn't oh, okay. block off the content because the content is ah. accessible to everyone. Cool. Yeah, um, that's really nice. And um, yeah, there's something called an expedition. I haven't really got into it, but I started and then I went into this college and then I started an echo, which is this really cool mechanic. It's this visual representation of something that happened in the past, kind of like a mini cutscene playing out in front of you, but it's interactive. And then you, oh, it's interactive now. Yeah, yeah. And then you have okay. these uh, cuts. These... Because, they, because they've had those before in the game, but those are optional, kind of like recordings. Yeah, it's it's kind of the same, but this way you can like walk around, and in, in the expedition you can choose a path you want to follow the echo in, and then it leads you to a mission you can follow. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was really nice, and um, I've been playing that. Um, the funny thing is, for example, I played one of those missions in which you had to ca- capture this certain character, and the mission was was almost an hour. Whereas I expected it to be like, oh, you know, I can blaze through this in 20 minutes or something. No, in the end, it was like playing an hour. It was really nice. Um, there's new classes in- included, such as the gunner class. You get this huge-ass minigun you can carry around, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Division 2, and then I finally got to play Days Gone. Um, ah. People that have been listening to the podcast have known that I've been really excited about Days Gone until it got released. And then the response to that game was so mixed. mixed and divided that I thought, you know what, let me just sit this one out and if I can pick it up for 30 bucks, I'll do that instead of the full 60 and I picked it up. I really like it. It's, um, I get that it's compared a lot to Last of Us, but it's luckily it is different. Um, it's really creepy at sometimes because these, uh, the, the enemies in the game are called Freakers. And one of the first parts is that you have to walk through a tunnel to get, you have to get across a tunnel. And then it's, of course, a perfect setting to get jumped and scared by these freakers. And you see these nests and you have to burn the nest. And they all come out after you. So it's really this dark, perfect setting for jump scares. And they all go, ooga booga. <laughs> no, fortunately not, no. Uh, and uh, that would be really fun if they did that. Can we, can we get, I mean, I know zombie games are next to played out, but can we actually get a zombie game where the zombies just go ooga booga? Really it reminds me of Crash Bandicoot. Do you remember <laughs> Crash Bandicoot when you could put those masks on and you could just, yeah. it was kind of like taking the star in, uh, eating the star in Super yeah, Mario. Yeah, the, the Aku Aku mask. Yeah, yeah. and then you would t- put on the mask and it would go ooga booga. It would just run quickly through the map and then everything that would touch you would just either fly away or something like that. Yeah. fond memories of that. <laughs> um, but yeah, Days Gone, uh, I had my first in- encounter with uh, mass freakers, to put it that way. So uh, if you've watched the movie World War Z, there are moments in it in which you see the zombies group up and then it's this massive horde of hundreds of zombies. Yeah. And they've been able to replicate both the feeling and the amount of zombies in this game. So there was this abandoned train and then suddenly I made a sound and then a huge wave of freakers came out, like hundreds of them. I was running away, screaming, you know, throwing everything I had, crafting everything I had, blowing it up and 
still they would come after me and I would shoot and, and use my fists and bats and whatnot. And eventually I beat the horde, but it was really, really hard. Uh, but it was really cool. And it is a pretty diverse game. It has a lot of different mechanics in it, such as your bike, which you can fix and upgrade. You need to make sure that you have enough fuel in your bike because yeah, otherwise you run out of fuel and can't travel. You can craft a lot of items. Um, you have a makeshift suppressors, so you can open up cars and take parts out of the car and make makeshift suppressors that can also that have wear and tear on it and eventually just breaks down. Um, it Yeah, the game really looks pretty and it really plays nice. It's just getting used to the controls a little bit. But yeah, I'm happy that I bought the game. It's a solid... Uh, for now, I would give it a seven and a half, maybe an eight. Well, I really like it. Wow, okay, I lent it to a bad. friend of mine, so I have to wait till I get it back. But then I can continue the journey. The developer was Santa, Studio Santa Monica, right? I was uh, Ben Studio, so the guys oh, behind uh, Siphon right. Filter. Siphon, yeah, right. Yeah. The Siphon Filter guys. Yeah. Cool. And I think that that's all that I've been playing. I'm still sitting on this NDA that I can talk about a certain game which I played, which is really cool, and I really want to talk about that game, but I'm not allowed to talk about that game. So I don't worry, it's time it will there. come. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, don't worry about it. NDAs eventually, you know, run out. I hope so. Anyways, that's what I've been playing. What have you been playing? Well... I've still been playing... Well, I've been playing a lot of games, actually, uh, the past couple of... We, actually, the past couple of days, even. Um, so, we didn't cover this in news because I was going to talk about it in here anyways. But Nintendo has been experimenting with their online service in where, um, in all territories, um, they made available for a set amount of days, I think about seven, um, a certain game for free. So if you're a Nintendo Online subscriber, doesn't matter for how long. Even if you are doing the the trial service, you can participate in this, and you can download a free a game for free, play it all the way to the end. And if you still want to buy it, it's also on discount on the eShop. Where so for, have I heard this before? So oh, for example, wait. for Europe, it sounds like PlayStation Plus. And Xbox Live games with gold. How original, Nintendo. Really? You really want to go there? Hey, if you get to make uh, stabs at Sony, I will make stabs at Nintendo. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wasn't finished yet because it was only for about seven days. It started August 5th and tomorrow is the last day. And for Europe and the Americas, it was... Super Mario, uh, sorry, not Super Mario. It was Mario <laughs> Tennis Aces. And for Japan, it was um, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. So it's the complete game with all the DLC that is available for those games, including the VR mode for Captain Toad and all the characters that are available, um, that were made available over the past half year or so. I Past year, I think. Mario Tennis is this is almost a year old. I um, don't know. But basically, all the characters are available, and you essentially, if you make the time for it, you can finish all those games in that week. 
And if you still want to buy it and continue to play it afterwards, the save files is still available, of course, on your system and in the cloud. So, you know, if you want to buy the game afterwards, you don't have to buy it right then. But right now, it, for example, Mario Tennis Aces has a 33% discount on the eShop, which is seriously, Nintendo, like, do a little bit better with discounts on your games, man. 33% <laughs> is not a lot. One third the price off. Come on, man. Um, but yeah, so I played some uh, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker again, even though I already owned it for the Wii U, um, just because I wanted to see how it worked. Um, it puts a neat little timer actually on the home screen of the game. So um, yeah, played some Treasure Tracker. I played the VR stuff, which is really cool because Captain Toad Treasure Tracker already has that feeling of being a, um, what do you call those things again? Um, a diorama. So having that in VR actually adds to that diorama feel. Um, so I played that a little bit, and then I was like, whatever. Um, played Mario Tennis Aces, the adventure mode mostly, and wow, I gotta say, the adventure mode is difficult. Um, at least way more challenging than I thought it would be. You have all these different challenges. You have regular tennis matches where they throw in really ridiculous and stupid uh, things. Like, for example, the place that where I'm stuck right now, it's still early in the stupid adventure mode. Um, but I have to play a tennis match against a shy guy, and there's all these other um, Mushroom Kingdom enemies that are walking through the dang court and there are shy guys sprinkled among them who if i return a ball and it doesn't get to the main shy guy and it reaches one of them they'll return the ball so then it suddenly comes back and i have to move back into position so i can return the ball and actually try to win the stupid match so yeah adventure mode um had higher hopes for it but um Tone down the challenge? That would be nice. Other than that, but just playing the regular tennis mode in the game with whether all the special skills are just plain old tennis, those are fine. Adventure mode needs to kind of get tweaked. Or at least get a level changer, like a difficulty changer or something. Um, other than that, I've mostly been focusing on Fire Emblem Three Houses. And, um, yeah, so at last I said that I was playing on hard, and, yeah, hard is actually pretty challenging. I mean, for the hardened Fire Emblem uh, player, uh, it's probably not as difficult. So they're actually looking forward to when Lunatic Mode comes out, because Nintendo also announced a next level beyond hard, which is Lunatic Mode. Oh, God. I, I'm not going to touch that with a 50-foot pole. I'm telling you this straight up because I'm already struggling with hard mode. And apparently, it takes four uh, four playthroughs to get the full story. But four. Have, have they said that you can do something like a New Game Plus with Lunatic mode, that you already have all the skills and stuff I like that? I think when you beat the game the first time, you do get a New Game Plus, so... Um, to a certain extent, because you choose one of three houses. So it's not like the, the characters are going to carry over 
maybe stuff your like your skills carry over. I haven't checked that part out but yet. That would make it easier, right? That would make it a bit easier, but if you have to finish the game four times just to get the whole story, people were complaining about Fire Emblem Fates. Okay, they were complaining about Fire Emblem Fates because it was three separate games. I get that, but still, man, like four different playthroughs to get the whole story, man. Oof, who has the time? And like you every just finish uh, like, it once and look it up on YouTube. Kinda, but you also kind of want to get all the support um, chats, which are, oh wow, okay. Um, so yeah, so I've been playing Fire Emblem uh, Three Houses for the most part. Um, the other stuff that I've been playing was a couple of smartphone games. Um, I'm not really gonna talk about them here because you know I don't think a lot of people would care. Um, and the only other game that I've been playing is Doom on Switch because it's five bucks on Switch. Yeah. yeah. It plays well. The music sounds weird, but it plays well. I have it um, on PlayStation and I started playing it. I'm in the, the second or the third level. Yeah. It really looks nice on PlayStation. Yeah, it looks nice on Switch. It's just for some reason the audio is off. For some reason, the feeling of pulling people apart is just satisfying. Wait, you're talking about Doom, Doom 2016. Wait. I'm talking about OG Doom. What? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Doom. Oh, no, no. I didn't get Doom 2016. I would love to get Doom 2016 on my Switch someday. Um, if I can get it for a decent price. But uh, no, OG Doom, Doom 2, and Doom 3 are available on Switch. Yeah, I know that. There was some yeah. issue around that, right? There was some yeah, controversy. Yeah, yeah the... Um, the game, for whatever reason, requires a Bethesda.net login to play offline. Yeah. And according to Bethesda, it was never meant to be there. Since they made the graphics for it, it kind of feels like it kind of did, but they said they were going to patch it out later, so we'll see. But yeah, so other than that, I've, my most focus has been on Fire Emblem Three Houses. And I don't know if I talked about this the last time. Did I talk about the, the, the support? chats not that i can remember okay so the support chats are chats that you have with you know the other characters on your team um which you can build up by battling besides them or taking them up to lunch on the monastery diner if you've played japanese games like persona it's not that weird what is weird is apparently the main the, the the leaders of each house have pretty messed up back back background stories. Oh. Like for example, I'm teaching the 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 Black Eagles, and their little Edelgard has light spoilers for like really early plot stuff. But um, so apparently the only reason why she's the next in line to become uh, the emperor of her nation is because all her other siblings died. Ooh, okay. All ten of them. <laughs> what? Because they either got sick or they went insane. Okay. Yeah. Some heavy stuff, and, man. And that is just the tip of the iceberg because there's 
so much more weird stuff apparently going on there. And I'm still not like halfway through the story of that line. So uh, I'll fill you in if it gets any crazier. Um, Please do. <laughs> yeah, so but but um, like the other friend that I was telling the, mm-hmm. the, the friend that I was telling about playing the other um, storyline, the mm-hmm. the blue deer. Yeah, the blue deer. Um, apparently his guy is um, also uh, kind of messed up. So yeah. Um, what does he? Uh, what makes him messed up? Well, um, there was this attack on his family, and basically everybody in the royal family died except for him. <laughs> like a terrible fire. Is there anybody of those houses that doesn't have a ma- murdered or massacred family? Well, there's an opera singer who's trying to get married. A, I guess. Seriously, hers is like the well. Actually, no. For some reason, yeah, yeah. Hers is the hers is the least horrible one. Let me just put it that way. And even then, I'm still not a hundred percent sure because I haven't heard all of her story yet. But uh, yeah, Fire Emblem going there. Hey, yeah, that um. Well, that messed me up. Not as much as something else that I saw on Netflix this past couple of weeks. Thanks, J-Prof. What did you watch? Dark. Oh, I haven't watched that one yet, but it's really good. Yeah, if you like your mind to be completely bludgeoned to death with Beyond Logic stuff, um, yeah, watch Dark. I'm I'm sure your mind will survive. I'm currently hooked on this uh, Korean show, so I'm just completely invested in that i like <laughs> korean shows because they really have good storylines but for some reason a lot of them are revolve around corruption i don't know why is korea is south korea such a corrupt nation i don't know but it's well i don't want to get into it but considering that a bunch of people in uh, in very high positions not just in the government but in companies got arrested for corruption there i remember something happening with years. samsung right it was one of yeah. the ceos for samsung but it's just so yeah. strange because this this series revolves around it's completely off track right it's around yeah. a, a prosecutor who is when he was a child he had a um, a certain disorder which made him really sensitive to sound and light so they removed a really small part of his brain uh, to fix that, by but by removing that part, he lost his complete sense for empathy. So he's not empathetic to anything. Ooh. And then he's a uh, later on when he grows up, he's a prosecutor working for the district of West Seoul. And then he gets wrapped up in this murder because the, the guy that gets murdered is his informant, and that murder leads to a huge corruption scandal that ripples through the district attorney's office and to business owners. And it's like this huge, huge scandal what's happening. And it's really, really, um, uh, it's, it's interesting to see what kind of ways it goes because sometimes stuff happens which you don't expect to happen. And it has 16 episodes and it almost feels like it's two seasons because there's this mid-season part that happens and you're like, oh, okay, well, it can't get any worse than this. And then, then bam, it only gets even worse. I'm like, whoa. And there's this really cool plot twist that happens 
constantly to the end and you you can never see that coming you're like whoa i never expected this dude to do that oh that's so cool it's it's a really cool show it's called stranger or um secret forest i've seen multiple translations of it but on netflix it's called stranger and it's really nice if you're into good storytelling watch that yeah and if you want your mind to get completely wrecked watch dark it certainly wrecked mine (laughs) so uh yeah i guess that's it for what we've been playing um stick around and we'll be back with some extra super awesome hidden gems Alrighty, everybody, welcome back to our last segment, The Hidden Gem. I know that Maximilian is super excited to talk about this part, so I'll let you go first. What is your hidden gem? Well, my hidden gem revolves around something that came about, I think, a little over 10 years ago. Um, so do you know Steven Spielberg? Uh, yeah. Who hasn't heard of this guy? Um, trust me. Like, there are people out there that probably don't even know who Steven Spielberg is, but I digress. So, well, I don't know. Maybe. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, so Steven Spielberg likes doing stuff different every now and then. Um, Remember when he was supposed to do some um, Halo stuff? Yeah. Which never came to pass. Well, around that same time, he was also interested in actual game development, and he put his name on some uh, a a couple of games that came out on Switch, uh, Switch, on Wii exclusively back in the day, called Boomblocks. Now, Boomblocks is this very weird, and if, you, if you've seen stuff like Animaniacs and stuff, it kind of makes sense for him to put his name on this. It's a very weird and interesting game where you throw stuff at blocks to make them fall down and explode. How is this a hidden gem? Well... For a weekend, this is very unique because this is something that can could have only be done on the Wii because it uses the motion controls and the pointer mechanics from it. Um, the gameplay is actually surprisingly fun and addictive uh, where you have these different puzzles with different criterias. You either have to destroy the structure without touching this character or you have to destroy a whole structure within a certain amount of throws. Um, It also had a create a mode, because of course it did, where you can create your own puzzles or your own designs and actually upload it to the Wii Wii Connect 24, which doesn't exist anymore. Um, Rest in peace, Wii Connect 24, even though it was complete and total crap. Um, Um. but yeah, it was a really fun time. And it was a really cool party game, which you can play with up to four people at the same time. To, for like, for example, the high score, or you had to do something cooperative. Um, there was one of these, one of the puzzles in there was a Rube Goldberg machine, which, you know, you throw, uh, you have to throw it at the target and that sets off a chain reaction, which is really awesome. 
There are some Rube Goldberg machines that people made that are so amazing. It's ridiculous. Um, I don't have the skills for that. So all I did was make this really cool pixel art of uh, Mega Man, like classic Mega Man. And it was one-to-one. Nice. Um, I'm pretty proud of it myself. It took me about three hours to get that right. (laughs) So, yeah, I was really proud about that. But it is a fun game for young and old, which actually got a sequel, Boom Block. I I think it was called Boom Blocks 2. I'd have to look it up real quick. But if you're looking for something that is fun and engaging and wholly unique, Boom Blocks is the way to go, especially since if you actually put in the effort um, of um, making levels yourself, you can actually get some really cool levels in there. I, let, I know that um, I know that there are people there that made very specific levels um, for for boom blocks, and they were like really awesome. Still, a lot of um, what do you call them again? A lot of uh, Rube Goldberg machines. Which fine, I mean, not very original if everybody does it, but there are some really cool versions of it. Uh, yeah. So, Boom Class. Also, like Steven Spielberg was actually well. I'm not gonna say that he was part of the design process, but he did check in. Um, he did come up with like the concept of like what Boom Blocks should be and how it should play. Um, and he checked in now and then to see how the progress, the progress of the show, of the show, the game was going. <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking Animaniacs. Damn, that stuff was awesome. Is he right. uh, credited as an executive producer in the game by any chance? Yeah, he is. Yeah, because you know, I, I like Steven Spielberg movies, but Steven Spielberg is also the kind of guy that slaps his name on a lot of things, and he's an executive producer on a shitload of movies. And then I wonder, what, like, if he actually did something on it, or if it's more like, my name carries weight, so we're gonna just slap it on. It will probably sell. Not true, but in this case, I like. In this case, I'm not gonna say like he was like integral to the game design, like to the whole game design process. Could the game have existed without him slapping his name on it? I don't know, since the concept was his. Okay. So, um, yeah, Um, I mean, even I'm checking it right on the on the Wikipedia page. It says designer Steven Spielberg. So yeah, he came up with the. At the very least, he came up with like the the general idea for Boom Blocks, okay, and its sequel, uh, Bash Party. I never got the sequel though, but I heard that it was pretty nice. Yeah. Also, um, I can't believe I'm reading this here, and I'm I have to double check if this is actually true. But apparently, it did not only come out for the Wii; it came out for get this, the Engage. What? Yes, the freaking side taco that allowed you to play games on your mobile phone. Did you have to throw your engage at something to make it blow up? I hope so because that's the only thing it's good for. Oh man. Yeah, I yeah, I just saw this for the first time. I didn't even know that was the case. But uh yeah, it yeah, it, it is more than 10 years old from 2008. But uh yeah, wow, now that now that I'm talking about it, I kind of want to play Boomblocks again. 
<laughs> I mean, I mean for a for a game that came out on a 480p system, the the particle effects are really fun and nice. So. Nice. When you when you blow up a construction, it like blows up in like cool little explosions and fireworks. I want to see it. Maybe you should show it to me once. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll show you. Yeah. Nice. So that was my hidden gem. Alrighty. Um, I have a list, and there's another game that popped into my mind just now because you talked about the engage. I think I'm gonna save that game for another time. Was it Pandemonium? No, it's uh, I don't want to use it. I don't want to play that card in this episode. I'll play it in the next one. Sure. Um, but my hidden gem is a game called Until Dawn. I don't know if you know that game. Why does that sound familiar? It was a PS4 exclusive made by Supermassive Games. It was for free, available on PlayStation Plus, I believe, a while ago. It's um, it's kind of a game in the vein of Detroit and Heavy Rain that you have a lot of choices. It has a lot of uh, known actors in it, such as Rami Malek from uh, Mr. Robot and uh, he plays ah, Freddie right, Mercury yeah. in uh, Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody and... Uh, Hayden Panettiere plays in it. She's from Heroes, this TV show back then. Um, I don't know his real name, but the guy that plays Grant in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is in it. So it's a lot of real-life actors playing in that game. They performance captured those actors. And basically, it's one of those kind of I-know-what-you-did-last-summer games in which there's a cabin in the woods, in the mountains. and Right! Um, yes. Yeah. Now remember. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And these kids or high schoolers or young adults are in there. And then one, based on the choices you make, one of the people or both of the people, uh, sister, there are sisters there that can either, one of them can die or they can both die, I believe. It would mean just one of them died. and. Um, a year later, you go, you're part of this friend group, and this old friend group regroups again and reunites closely around the same time in which one of the sisters died the year before. And then um, you go through a lot of crazy stuff. And it's one of those games that, that uses um, the heavy rain Detroit become human mechanic a lot around choices, that you have a lot of choices. And there are, uh, for example, toads in the game you can collect, which give you a brief hint of a possible future that might happen based on the choices you make. You can get a sneak peek on the future, on what's going to happen. Um, And it's really cool because it's this experience in which you have no idea what can happen. And it just surprises you in the craziest of ways. It's it has a lot of jump scares in it, so if you're not a fan of those, I know you aren't. Maybe stay away. But it's I don't I don't mind jump scares. It's just um, certain kinds of scares that it's it's mostly gore that I'm not a fan of. Mm. Well, the, the, the funny the funny part is, is I I played this game a while back, and I played it because a friend of mine recommended it and said it's really fun, and I went into it with no expectations at all. And when I finished the game, I was be happy that I finished it. I was genuinely surprised by it, and I was really happy. And um, I don't want to go in too much detailed spoilers, but the ending was something I didn't see coming, and that was really fun. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it, the mechanics are based around 
partially discovery so that you really have to discover things that happen in the levels. And then partially it's based around exploring so that you have to go through certain areas and solve certain puzzles. You want to get somewhere, oh, the door's locked. You have to find a key. And then you have to make all sorts of choices. And then based on those choices, people can die because basically you play as everyone in the game. You don't play as one specific character. You play as all the characters. Mm-hmm. And there are moments in which a character can prematurely die and they just don't make it out till the end. Um, and the funny part is, is like in the movies, they start to suspect each other because crazy things happen and they start looking at each other and they start to suspect each other and you play into that. And I remember there was this one part in which I was just walking somewhere and there was this uh, hatch in the fl- in the floor so I could choose either go down the hatch or go straight on. And I thought, you know what, let me just see what's down there. So I literally walk up to the hatch, the hatch open flies open something grabs me and my character's gone and dead and i was like what i just killed my character by making a wrong choice i didn't know that was gonna happen and (laughs) out of the blue my character just died i'm like oh no and it was so surprising i didn't expect that to happen so i was kind of blown away by how simply and easily my character was just dead so um that kind of (laughs) Knocked me off my socks. I'm like, oh, okay, so they can really die at any moment now. I didn't expect this to happen. I thought there were specific set piece moments in which they would die, but um, it could have. It happens in the most random of moments. Um, the wow. performance capture is done really well. The characters really look like the real life counterparts. The voice acting is done really well as really well. Um, it's. Yeah, you have to be a little bit patient because some parts of the game really drag out or really, really slow. Um, there are some mechanics you can notice that because it's not really a game based around weapons, that there are parts in which you get weapons such as a firearm. And because it's not really a game that focuses on that, those controls can sometimes feel a bit clunky. Um, and the game in a way explores paranormal things as well. So it's not all a creep that haunts everybody and wants to kill them. The game is set up in that way, but it also has a paranormal twist to it, which also adds some level of scariness to it. Um, but it's a really cool game. I think you can pick it up for 20 or maybe 30 bucks. And if you, it's one of those games that you either play with your girlfriend, you let her take control, and you let her play the game, and she gets all the jump scares, and she screams, and she's like, oh my god, and then you just enjoy it. We know people love doing that. Or it's something you can play with friends and then get jump scares together. It's really it's a really fun game. I didn't expect it to be this way. So I'm really happy that I did play it. All right. Wow, cool. Yeah. I mean I I do remember it getting critical acclaim. The reviews were pretty but good at the time. The reviews were really good. Yeah. I, the only thing is that I don't think a lot of people we're paying attention to it despite yeah, that. Yeah, it kind of flew under the radar. Because I because I saw because I saw the 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 the, the coverage that it got yeah. during the time, and then nothing. Yeah. So I don't know. It's like it. I didn't hear it in. I didn't really hear it in conversations. I didn't really hear people talking about it on podcasts. I didn't see people like making jump scare videos about it so yeah kind of weird yeah it's it's 
it's that a friend of mine said, hey, you really need to play this game. And people know I'm not into horror stuff. And But this friend of mine said, I know you're not into horror stuff, but you should really play it. And I was thinking, okay, you know what? Let me just play this game. And I deliberately played it during daylight and not in the evenings. When I get scared, you know. <laughs> scared of cat. Hey, man. I'm just not into that horror stuff. Eh, <laughs> I have my reasons worry. for it. I, 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 don't worry. I'm, I'm the same. Yeah. <laughs> um... But, but yeah, yeah it, you were, yeah, it's a, I didn't expect it to be the way it turned out to be. All right, awesome. Yeah. Well, for those that are interested in playing that game, uh, it actually is on discount if you have PlayStation Plus um, for eleven ninety nine euros. And even if you don't have it, it's twenty bucks. So. That's it's still a steal. <laughs> yeah. So uh, and and it actually had a kind of a what the. What was a VR spin-off thingy? There was a that VR spin-off until Dawn Rush of Blood. Yeah. And a prequel called The Impatient. Was that, Does that sound a familiar? prequel to until Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, apparently. 60 years Why does it sound familiar? Events? But is it a VR game? Uh, yeah, it VR supports game. VR, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, came out last January in 2018. Hmm. Maybe we should pull our collective funds together and invest in a PlayStation VR. You know, one of my issues with the VR is there's not a lot of games around there, out there that that um, that catch your interest. No, that um, how do you say that? Utilize the VR very well. No, it makes it worth to have a VR headset. I mean, yeah. you can probably count on one or maybe on two hands the amount of VR games that you want to play, and that's it. Yeah, true. And I know a lot of people said that Resident Evil 7 is a really good experience in VR. Well, I'm not going to Yeah, that. but I'm too big of a scaredy cat, yeah. so I would never, ever, 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 ever play it like that. Yeah, maybe ever. We, we should do that and then have people donate money, and then we'll give that money to a charity. So it's kind of like... That Very might be the only charity. reason I would play that game. Yeah, maybe we should do something like that. Yeah. I think people would love that because then they give money to charity and they can see you have jump scares and scream. Mm. I would pay money to see that. <laughs> you would. <laughs> I know, yeah. Um, they're also working on a new game called Man of Medan or, Medan or something like that. I think it got announced this year. It's being published really? by Bandai Namco and... Um, it's the first installment in the Dark Pictures and Anthology series. I have no idea. Um, and it's no, coming out to, like It's coming out on Xbox, PlayStation, and PC on August 30th of this year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wait. That's like two weeks from now. Yeah. Okay. Why coverage. is nobody talking about this? I don't know. I saw some coverage on it on the PlayStation blog, but I really didn't take it serious because thinking oh, you know it's a horror game but then talking about until dawn kind of got me thinking like that game hmm, weird cool all right i guess that does it for another episode of game rivals um thank you all for listening once again um we thought uh, this has been actually a pretty good one uh, don't you think yeah and a pretty short one or feels like a short one 
Well, the hidden gems are a bit short, but uh, other than that, um, yeah, I guess average length. But uh, yeah, um, so a few housekeeping things before we go to the end spiel. Um, of course, if you're listening to this um, when it comes out on Wednesday, um, we're a week away from Gamescom. And uh, we won't be attending Gamescom this year because, well, we didn't feel like there would be anything worthwhile. It's a gap year. There's no reason to go to Germany. Eh, well, uh, then I found out that Dragon Quest Eleven S is going to be there, and I was like, son of a... Whatever. Um, I'll play it when it comes out anyways, which is seven days after Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. That's another thing to rent for another day. You have seven days to finish that game, and then you can start playing the other one. Kind of like um, like uh, the horror movie called The Ring. I'll pick up the phone and say, seven days. Yeah, and seven days before that is Ast- either Astro De- Chain or Daemon X Maxima. And the week before that, it's the other way around. So I'm going to start calling mm. you starting next week, constantly saying, please don't. I'll maybe get some other people to do it as well. Please don't. Yes, it's going to be fun. Uh, uh, goody. Um, but yeah, Gamescom. Um, we will be covering stuff, uh, stuff that gets announced. Um, we'll be putting out a special episode uh, that week. Um, depending on how much content that comes out, it might be too, but don't hold your breath. Um, we will, we're also working on some other content uh, related to the podcast. Um, we'll talk about it more once we get closer to that. Uh, and other than that, uh, yeah, expect another regular episode after that week as well. So, um, do you want to take us out or should I, Sean? I'll uh, try to do it, but I don't, I don't think I can do it as well as you can. Um, but <laughs> let me give it a shot. Yeah, you can do it. So, um, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. We would love to hear your feedback, and you can do that in multiple ways. You can reach us by email through gamerivalsfeedback at gmail.com. You can reach Maximilian on his Twitter through Maximilian. You can reach us on our Twitter through game underscore rivals underscore. You can use the either the Anchor app or there's a link in the description of this podcast episode in which you can uh, click on the link and leave us a voice message. That way you can also be featured as a game rival on future episodes of Game Rivals. And that's it. Yeah, that's it. You got it right. That's it. Although I do have to say some... If you're if you're listening to this on your smartphone, um, the link doesn't the link is in certain apps not clickable. So I know that for example in Apple Podcasts it is clickable, but in um, Spotify it's not. Okay, that's good to reason. know. Yeah. So if you're doing it uh, copy paste, it's not a difficult URL. It's spelled nice and neatly in the description. Um, once again. Um, uh, extra shout out going to those that um, want to talk about a hidden gem of their own. Uh, please keep it under uh, two minutes uh, so that we can actually feature you on one of uh, one of the next uh, episodes of Game Rivals. Um, that would be really fun, and we can discuss those games as well. Um, or 
leave your feedback, uh, give us uh, a rating on whatever podcasting service that you use to listen to us, be it Apple Podcasts, Google Play Store, uh, Overcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And always don't forget, if you really like our podcast, tell someone else about our podcast. Yes, spread the word, spread the love. And remember, games are things that we partake in because it brings us together from all different walks of life and teaches us many valuable lessons, um, big and small. And Can you name us a valuable lesson gaming has taught you? Uh, don't miss a guy who has a goddess mom and destroy her while she's in her tree form. What? It's a secret of mana reference. Oh, God. <laughs> no, but um, seriously, honestly, legit, um, Secret of Mana is the first game that I played, and it uh, that is all text, and it actually taught me to read English. Oh, that's nice. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like I said, big and small. It could be something as small as learning to read another language. It could be something big as feeling... Um, that you're not alone in the world. Yeah. So this has been uh, this week's episode of Game Rivals. Thank you for listening to us. And from me, Maximilian X, signing off and have a lovely week. <laughs>